We begin today's shiur from the second line from the top of Daf Tzadi Hay. Before we begin the shiur, let us glance at the side where we have a no say a topic heading. Mokor, we're going to see a source, a Tanaic source, Dein Ishtoi Nifselis Labaila, a woman who's married to her husband, she doesn't become disqualified or uh, unfit to be with her husband. Al Yidei Shchivasoi Im Achoisa. Even though the husband may have conducted intimacy with his wife's sister, which we call Achoisisha, that does not prohibit one's wife from continuing uh, to be married, continuing the marriage with her husband. Now this point is in contrast to a situation where a married woman cohabits with another man. In a case like that where she cohabits willingly with another man, she becomes forbidden to her husband. So, where it's the wife's sister that cohabits with the husband, the wife does not become usher. Whereas if the wife herself cohabits with another man, so the wife does become usher to her husband. In the course of this Tanaic source, we're going to be exposed to uh, what we've noted on the side, Mikrim no Salfim, other cases, Shiesh Ladun im Ishto Nifselis, where we have to evaluate will the man's wife become forbidden to him. So we continue now with the Gemara itself, the second line from the top, Umenolan Delo Asir, from where do we know that one's wife does not become prohibited? Because, simply because her husband had relations, had intimacy with her sister. Desanya. Now, we start a long Tanaic source. It opens with a word from the Torah, but the Pesach says, V'shochavish oisa. This has to do with a... The Pesach itself is quoted from Bamid Borhe, which is the Parsha dealing with what we call Soito. Soito is the wayward woman, the married woman who behaves immorally with another man. So the Pesach, and, and the Pesach, of course, the Parsha of Salta indicates that the woman, the married woman, becomes forbidden to her husband. So the Pesach says, Osa. Osa is a, means sh- her. It's a limitation word. Osa, shchivasa osarta, herself, her own immorality will cause her to be usher to her husband. Uh, usher meaning forbidden to her husband. V'ein shchivas achoisa oisarta. As opposed to the shchiva is the intimacy conducted by her sister with the wife's husband. That is not osarta. That does not prohibit the wife. Sheyachol. Now, sheyachol means without the pasuk, I would have come to a conclusion to the contrary. In other words, without the Pasuk, without this limitation expression, I would have come to the conclusion that if a man cohabits with his wife's sister, the wife does become, she does in fact become forbidden. Therefore, at the end of the day, I'm going to need the Pasuk to tell me not so. So, the, the source continues, Vahalo din hu. Din hu, din is an expression that can mean employing of logic. So that through, with logic, I would come to conclude that the wife does, in fact, become usher with the uh, intimacy that the uh, that her husband has with the sister. 
This is an expression that is going to go through several stages of analysis later on the page. You can skim ahead, you'll see diamonds that appear. Uh, those represent uh, attempts to explain this term, Isur Kal. So it would be uh, beyond our um, scope right now to try to explain that expression. So the source says, mind you, in a case where a person has intimacy with a Isur Kal, Isur Kal literally means a low level or a light level offense. Ne'esar Oiser the one who originally was the prohibiting or restrictive factor, that individual itself, be, himself or herself becomes usr, in a case where a person has intimacy with a severe offense, all the more so, the original prohibiting or restrictive factor will, will herself become forbidden. Now, even without uh, saying too much about these expressions, Yisr Kal and Yisr Chomor, we're going to have to assume for right now the Yisr Chomor is a reference to Achois So that the result of this last phrase would be Mokom Shabal Yisr Chomor, in a case where a man has intimacy with an Yisr Chomor, a severe offense, means one's wife's sister, Enodin, means all the more so, Shenesar Hoiser. The Oser, what prohibits one's sister-in-law to him. Of course, it's his wife. So the wife is the Oser. She's the prohibiting factor. So this phrase means, Enodin, all the more so that the prohibiting factor, namely one's wife, is Ne'esar, becomes prohibited. So with simple logic, we would come out with that as a, as a uh, result, that one's wife becomes Oser if one cohabits with one's wife's sister. Therefore, I'm going to need this posik of Oisah to tell me not so. The wife remains muteris, allowed to her husband. Omar Rav Yehuda. You'll see in the course of this source, Rav Yehuda is underlined, and a few lines later, Rav Yossi is underlined. They, Rav Yehuda and Rav Yossi, present their opinions with regard to a machlokis between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. In other words, under what circumstances do Beis Shammai and, and Beis Hillel conduct a controversy? Omar Rebbe Yehuda. Loi nechleku Beis Shammai u Beis Hillel bebo al hamoisoi shepoisel es ishto. We're going to see that, relatively speaking, Rebbe Yehuda is a more restrictive approach than Rebbe Yossi a few lines later. According to Rebbe Yehuda, there is no machlokis between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel regarding a man that has intimacy with one's mother-in-law if a man conducts intimacy with his mother-in-law everyone will agree that one's wife becomes forbidden so under what circumstances do Beishama and Beisil argue according to Rebuta and with regard to one who has intimacy with one's wife's sister Beishama holds that a man who has relations with his sister-in-law, with one's wife's sister, that renders one's wife prohibited. Relations with one's sister-in-law does not render one's wife prohibited. Omar Rabiosi. Now, Rabiosi, as we said before, you'll find is less restrictive. He says, Lo nechleku beis shamay u 
there is no argument between them regarding one who has relations with one's wife's sister it does not render one's wife prohibited when is there a controversy where one has relations with one's mother-in-law Shammai is restrictive and Beisilol even in that case is not restrictive now Rabiosi explains uh, why it is that regarding intimacy with one's sister-in-law the wife does not become posel the thing Shebetchilah before any marriage took place Hu muter b'chol hanoshim sheboilom a man had uh, available to him all women of the world, naturally all unmarried women could have been his could be chosen as his wife and the lady the, the wife to be, before she got married she had as she had available all men in the world Kitshah, when a man betroths a woman who osra vehi osarto well, he imposes restriction on her and she by agreeing to marry him imposes a restriction on him greater however is the isur the restrictions that are imposed on the woman more so than the, the restrictions that are imposed on him on the man he prohibits her prevents her now from agreeing to marry him she is prevented to, uh, to marry any other man in the world. All men are restricted. And she restricts him only with regard to her relatives. Before their marriage, so the man could have married this lady's sister, could have married this lady's mother if she was a widow. Now he cannot. But he is restricted only with regard to her relatives. Fahaloi dinhu, and now we employ logic. Let's see with what what will the result of the following logic be. Umahu sheosra bechol anoshim sheboilam. Mind you, if uh, the man that restricts her from all men of the world, the in, in other words, the restriction on the woman is very great. If one's wife mistakenly had intimacy with another man, unwitting, that does not impose any restriction on him, on the husband. In other words, she does not become usher to him. So once again, the wife who theoretically is the subject of heavy restriction if she unwittingly has relations with another man after her marriage to him she does not become also to her husband he the, the woman imposes on her husband a very limited type restriction where he's restricted only to her relatives if he unwittingly has intimacy with a woman prohibited to him for example her sister Enodin Shalom Neesar 
b'mutar lo. So all the more so, the man who initially did not have much restriction certainly will not be restricted from that which is mutar to him. Namely, he will not be restricted from his wife. V'zeh hadin This logic is relevant to the realm of shogeg, of unwitting behavior. L'mezid minayin what about in a case where a person be- behaves in a in a uh, willful, premeditated uh, mindset of violation? Namely, man knew that re- intimacy with one's sister-in-law is prohibited, and he went ahead and did it anyway. How will we know in a case like that? And even in that case, one's wife will remain muteres. Talmud loimar oisa. Hence, we need the posuk that we opened up our source with, the posuk from Parsha Sota, where we learn When it comes to a woman, she becomes osir only through her own wayward intimacy. As opposed to the wayward intimacy conducted by her sister with her brother-in-law, that will not osir, that will not prohibit one from continuing his marriage with the wife. Omar Rabbi Ami, Omar Reishlokish, my taimo the Rabbi Yehuda. What is the basis for Rabbi Yehuda, who referred to a case of one having intimacy with his mother-in-law, that that renders one's wife prohibited? Dichtiv, the Pasuk says, this posuk is found in Vayikra Perichov Posuk Yudalin. On the uh, side of the Gemara, you will note that we've written the posuk where it says, "Ve'ish Asher Yikach Esi Shah, Ve'esi Mo, Zimohi, Bo'esh Yisrefu Osoveshen, Velosia Zimo Besochechem." If you translate this posuk on a very superficial, literal basis. It would read, a man who takes a woman, that takes a woman, yikach esisha, means he marries a woman, and, and her mother, so he's marrying a woman and her mother. That means he would have intimacy with her mother. So one cannot marry a woman and the mother-in-law as well. So he's marrying a woman and has intimacy with her mother, namely his mother-in-law, zimohi, that's uh, an abomination, Bo'esh Yisrefu Osoveshen. Again, translated literally, uh, in, they will be burnt in the fire. Him and them. Them eshen is in the plural. Uh, again, on a superficial basis, we've seen this pasuk before, where we get, we presented an alternative drasha to the word eshen, but it means them in plural, uh, pl- uh, female plural, second person, uh, third person, them. Now, if you look at that, literally, we're saying a man got married to a woman. That sounds legitimate. But if the man has intimacy with his mother-in-law, so the wife is going to be burnt also. Can that be? So the Gemara uh, continues, A man's wife also is going to be burnt. Bias is a term that you find, literally, bias is one's house. But is also a reference to one's wife. So, does it mean that his wife also is going to be burnt? What did she sin? 
if the Pesach then cannot be taken literally as referring to the burning of one's wife also along with uh, the man and his mother-in-law so have the Pesach which indicates violation and punishment refer rather to prohibition that one's wife becomes asura, she becomes forbidden so that according to Rabbi Huda, <coughs> he sees in this Pasuk a reference to a man who has intimacy with one's mother-in-law, that that results in the prohibition of his own wife to him. Omar Rabbi Huda, Omar Shmuel, Ein Halacha K'Rabbi Huda. Shmuel paskins that Valacha will not follow Rabbi Huda, who had said that one who has intimacy with one's mother-in-law, that prohibits his wife. Hahu da'avari surah b'chama say a story happened where a man had intimacy with his mother-in-law. Asyei Rav Yudah, Rav Yudah brought the man in to court, Nagde, and lashed him. Omar lay, and he told the man, he loved Yomar Shmuel, ain halochag Rav if not for the fact that, Yudah, that Shmuel said, halochag does not follow the Tana, Rebbe Yehuda, asrisa aloch isura de'alam, your wife would become prohibited upon you forever but as things are your wife will not become prohibited because we don't paskin like the Tana Rebbe Huda as we go on in the Gemara you can see uh, diamonds that appear in a numbering scheme on the side we have the diamonds are featured these are Deois, Lahazbir opinions to explain what was the Brisa referring to above when it re- referred to Isur Kal when it made the Kalvachomer that, that uh, would have resulted in, in one's wife becoming Osir through the intimacy the husband has with her sister. So in that section we saw a Kalvachomer uh, Kalvachomer logic that Started used as its starting point something called Isur Kal translated literally means a low level or light level Isur that's a very literal translation you're going to be somewhat surprised when we get to the end of this sukya and discover what Isur Kal really is so as you skim down you can see we have three diamonds and if you continue to the top of Omid Bays, you'll see Rava appears in a fourth diamond uh, as the suki unfolds, you're going to notice triangles. The triangles that appear, they're inverted triangles, but they refer to dechios. In this particular case, they are uh, de- deflections or rejections of whatever had been said till that point. A double underline is used throughout this section of Gemara, highlighting the expressions elema and ela. These are Shlavim stages, Lahazbir es Hatsois, to explain the the suggestions, Befirush Mahu Isurkal. As we go on in the Gemara with the different diamonds, the different suggestions, we're going to try to understand what are the circumstances within each suggestion. And to highlight the beginning point of Explanation at each stage we use the double underline. Of course, the term e lema in throughout the Shas is an expression that is, uh, represents a, an, an explanation or a Hezbo or a, 
a, su- a suggestion of something that will not be accepted. It will inevitably be rejected. So now the Gemara. My Isur Kal. What was meant by that? And it, it should be pointed out that the Isur Kal was in contrast to the expression Isur Chomor, referred to above, which we had taken to mean one's sister-in-law. She's the Isur Chomor. She's the, the severe uh, offense. Omar of What's Isur Kal? Machsir Gushoso Mishaniseis. A man who divorced his wife. Afterwards, she marries another man. He, in turn, divorces her. And the original husband takes back the wife. That is prohibited in Jewish law. In other words, once a woman is divorced, once she's sent away, as long as she hasn't married another man, the original fellow can take her back. And in fact, that's viewed as a righteous thing to do, to take back the woman one divorced. However, if she marries another man, he, the original husband, cannot take her back. That's prohibited. And that's called So now we're going to analyze this and see how this fits into the scheme of things. The Brisa explained in the case of the Brisa had said in the upper part of that framed section we said uh, one who has intimacy with Oser. So what does that mean? The Gemara continues, Bo Oleo Hai, when the second man, the second husband, has uh, marries her, literally has intimacy with her, but it's a reference to marriage. Osra the Hai, that marriage to the second husband prohibits her now to the first husband. Bo Oleo Idoch in the event that the first husband in fact takes her back uh, he takes her back after the second husband divorces her. So when the second husband which was a very fine legitimate marriage when he divorces her she becomes the divorcee of that second man. When the first man takes her back, that's Bo'olel Idoch, when the first man takes her back, Osra Olei Dai. That prohibits her to the second man. Because at this point, she becomes the, uh, she is a Machsir Kushoso Mishenises vis a vis the second man. And this is what we meant in the source when we said Ne'esar Ho'oser. The second man originally functioned as the Oser, the prohibitor of uh, this woman to her first husband. And now, when she has relations with the first husband, the second husband, who was the Oser, becomes Ne'esar. He becomes prohibited. Hence the expression Ne'esar Ho'oser the second husband who was the original Oser becomes prohibited and that's what the source described so now this is going to be a 
we said a, a starting point for a Kalvachomer piece of logic. And in stating a, a Kalvachomer, you realize we're saying this is a lighter type offense versus the Achos Isha case, the wife's sister, which is considered a more severe type offense. And now the rejection. What we have to show is that Machsir Kushosa Mishanises, in fact, is not a lighter area of halacha. Again, in contrast to, or in comparison to, the Achos Isha case, sister in law story. Ma le Machsir Kushosa Mishanises, Shekein Nitma Haguf. That's one point. Number two, the Isura Isroilam. In fact, is not a lighter type offense that would enable us to make a Kalva Homer as we did before, because Mishnisis has two points of stringency that you do not find by the uh, by the Achosisha. What are the two points of stringency? The first point is said Nitmo Haguf. There you're dealing with the the woman herself becomes profane, becomes violated. Nitma uh, haguf. The woman herself is rendered unfit through intimacy that she herself conducted. In fact, the pasuk that you find in Dvorim, Perik Chof Dalid, pasuk Dalid, uses the term tuma. Uh, if you uh, look at that pasuk, and we have that on the side of our Gemara. It says there, Lo yuchal bailo harishon asher shilcho lashuv lekachto liosol liisha. When a woman is divorced and marries a second man, the first husband cannot take her back to be unto him the first husband as a wife again. Acharei asher hu tamo'o ki toeva he lifnei Hashem taking her back would be uh, a, an abomination after she was hu so for our, purpose, for our purposes that's a reference to the intimacy that the wife herself had conducted so that's one aspect of the making it more uh, more severe uh, over the case of Achosisha of, uh, where in that case the wife herself wasn't violated the man had the husband had relations with her sister and a second point of contrast. The Isur Isur Oilam means that when the man divorces his wife and she subsequently marries another man, that wife becomes ushered to the first man forever. Regardless of whatever happens, let's say, to that second husband if he dies, doesn't matter. In contrast to the prohibition of one sister-in-law, that's a prohibition only as long as one's wife is alive. But when one's wife dies, one is allowed to marry her sister. So you see that the case of Achos Isha is, 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 uh, cannot be described relative to Masi Grishoso Mishinises as an Isur Chomor. Hence, the Kavachomer that, that, that the source tried to make before cannot use as its starting point Machsir Grushosa Mishinises on the grounds that it is a, an Iser Kal. Elo Omar Reish Lokish. Yevoma. What's Iser Kal? 
the case of Yavama. Well, that's not very clear. Well, we, we know what a Yavama is. A Yavama is a, uh, is a widow of one's deceased brother who left no children. So, what's the Isur Kaul that is relevant to the case of Yavama? Yavama Laman. The sister-in-law, who, with whom did she have relations in a prohibited fashion that she's being described as an Isur Kaul? If we're talking about one's sister-in-law while she was a widow waiting for the brother-in-law to marry her in the meantime she went and had intimacy with some outsider and that's considered an Isur based on Rav Hamnuna's teaching A Shomeris Yovam, a sister-in-law waiting for the levirate marriage that goes and uh, has intimacy with some outsider that, according to Rav Hamnuno, renders her prohibited to the surviving brother, to the brother-in-law that uh, was supposed to do Yibam. So, if that's the case, and, it's, and, and that is what's being described as Isur Kal, the uh, and, and, and we would refer to that the term, if you recall, Ne'esar Ha'oser. The woman, the Yavoma, while she's waiting for the levirate marriage, so the Yavom, the surviving brother, he restricts her from marrying out, marrying others. So he's called the Oser. And according to Ramuna, if she behaves uh, in a har- uh, har- harlot fashion, uh, uh, conducting znus with a, an outsider that renders her in turn forbidden on the brother, on the surviving brother. So the surviving brother was the Osir, now Ne'esar. And the Yavoma is described as an Isur Kal. The Gemara says, but you can't do that. You can't describe the Yavoma as an Isur Kal. Mali Yavoma. She's not a, a light level Isur relative to Achosisha to the case of sister in law. Mali Yavoma she came nitmo haguf the Isura beroiv. She, again, she herself, the woman in question herself, has become defiled through her intimacy to the outsider. Not so in the case of one's wife, who, where the husband had relations with her sister, the one's wife didn't become uh, Tmeya. She didn't become defiled. And another element of, of uh, severity in the case of Yavoma is she is Asura to most people. She's also to everybody except to the brother-in-law, to her brother-in-law, in other words, to the surviving brother of the uh, man who left no children. She's also to all other men. Not so, Achosisha, a one's wife's sister, assuming she's unmarried. She's not also to other men. Ella, so what's the case of Yavoma that would have been the uh, Isurkal referred to above in the source? Ella, Yavoma Le'achin. A case of the sister-in-law, the uh, widow, uh, the widow of uh, the Yavoma and the other brothers. 
So now, we have to try to understand what's the case of a Yavam um, having uh, relations with the Yavama and there is an Esor, there's a prohibition as a result of something to do with the brothers, the other surviving brothers. The, now the Gemara explains the case. Ovad, and again, what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to enable the uh, the source that said Isur Kal as a reference to Yavama, and we have to see how the expression Ne'esar Ha'oser comes to light. Ne'esar Ha'oser. So now, here we go. Ovad Bo Maimer Hai. We'll say there's several Ruvain, you have a bunch of brothers, you have Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi, and Yehuda. You have several brothers here. Ruvain died leaving no children, and Shimon does Maimer with the widow. Maimer is the, a situation where a Yavam gives money to the Yavama. This is a rabbinic uh, idea. It's not something on a Torah level. But if Shimon gives her marriage money, Ostra Ole Dahai, that makes her forbidden now to Levi, uh, one of the other surviving brothers. Bo Oleo Idoch, if Levi has intimacy with the widow, Ostra Olay Dahai, that will prohibit her uh, from having a marriage, from going ahead with a marriage with Shimon, the one who originally gave her Mimer. So the Shimon, the, the first of the surviving brothers that made her Usser to Levi, now becomes Usser. And that's the expression Ne'esar Ha'oser. And Yuvama is being described as an Isur Kal. Yuvama rejects this though. My Yirya Sheba Oleha Sheni. Why do you have to restrict your. If that's the case, if it's a case where Shimon did Mimer, and now we want to see how Shimon becomes Usur, why do you have to limit your description to a case of where Levi had intimacy with her? Afilu Ovad Ba Nami Mimer. Even if Levi himself gave her money that would answer her on Shimon. So if, once again, if you're explaining Isur Kal as Yavoma and Yavoma Laachin and it's a case where to start the description off we have Shimon giving her Mimer money why in the continuation of your explanation did you have to say that Baal that the second brother Levi that he had intimacy with her after Shimon did Mimer even if Levi simply gave her money that would answer her on Shimon the more says Holo Kasha that is not an objection Kirabon Gamliel, based on Rabbi Gamliel's approach, in other words, this Gemara is being taught along the lines of Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel's opinion, that said, Ein Maimer Acha Maimer, that there is in fact no strength, no legal ramifications to the Maimer done by Levi after a, an earlier brother did Maimer, in this case, after Shimon had done Maimer, Levi's Maimer is of no significance. So that in order for Levi to answer her on Shimon, his giving money to her after Shimon gave her money would have no restrictive power. Therefore, 
if you want to describe Levi as ossering her, the widow on Shimon, the y- widow, the Yevoma on Shimon, we'd have to talk about Levi's having had intimacy with her. So we, we aren't going to reject the Yevoma Laachin case based on that technicality. Why did it why did you teach Shiba? Ella Afilu Nosan Loket Vafilu Cholat's law. The criticism of the uh, case of Yevoma Laachin, where we focused our criticism on why did you have to teach Levi's having had intimacy with her when in fact and this is the critique when if Levi let us say had given the widow a get the widow the Yavoma get a divorce document which has power on a rabbinic level and law, or had Levi done chalitza with her either one of these instruments would have prohibited her the widow to Shimon so the description of Yevoma Laachin, as was presented, uh, falls by the wayside on these uh, on these technical terms. Ella Omar Rabbi Yochanan Soita. The case of Sota. Uh, we look at Rashi at the bottom line. Ella Sota Shinivala Laboyel. The Soto is a woman who is married to her husband, and she has intimacy with the boy, with the paramour. Nesar Baila Ha'isra Olav. The husband, who originally was the prohibiting factor, he now, the husband himself, becomes Osir, becomes prohibited. That's Nesar Ha'osir that we saw in the source. Now we continue in the Gemara with uh, uh, further clarification. Soito Leman. Who did she have relations with that we are calling her an Isur Kal, a light level offense relative to the case of Achoisisha, to the man and his sister in law? If it's a reference to her having had prohibited relations with her husband. Um, we have to just a word of uh, introduction. We've se- we've seen this in the past. A woman who was warned uh, against being with another man by her. She was warned by her husband. That's called keenly. And then there's evidence that she was in privacy. There's evidence. There's testimony that she was in privacy with that man. So that if uh, if that takes place, she the woman becomes also to her husband. So the the case here is as follows: Bal Oleho Bal, Osro Oleho the Boel. After a man had warned his wife, and she didn't heed the warning and went into privacy with the other man, then the the husband, who was the original Oser, he, if if the husband, uh, after becoming prohibited to the wife. He's prohibited until, of course, he brings her to the base Amigdosh and she drinks the special Sota waters without getting into all of those details. <clears throat> but until that point, the husband is ushered to the wife. So if the husband 
has relations with the wife after he had warned her. So that will now answer her on the boyel, on the paramour. The Gemara asks if 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 that's the case of Nesar Oser, the uh, by, by the way, what was the who was the Oser to the husband? Well, the the paramour was the Oser to the husband. So now, with the husband having relations with the wife under these prohibited circumstances, that is supposedly a, a description of where the the Oser now becomes Oser. So the Gemara asks, if those are the circumstances, my iria bo oleha, why do you have to uh, describe that as a case of the husband having had relations with her? If you look in the Rashi, uh, three lines from the bottom, my iria bo oleha, below bo oleha nami, even without the relations, the intimacy, even without any subsequent intimacy, from the point that the woman went into private, into privacy with the paramour, from that point she becomes usher to the husband and to the paramour until she drinks. So, describing the Isur Kal as the case of Soita and saying that she had uh, relations with her husband that thou, that now makes her usher to the paramour, you don't need that. By the simple fact that she went into privacy with the paramour, she becomes usher to both the husband and that man. Hence the Gemara's objection when it says, My iria bala, why speak about bala, afilu nosan la get, afilu omar ein ani mashke. Even if, if her husband gave her a divorce document or he said, I am not bringing you to the base amigdash to drink the waters, she is usher to both. Ela, Soito la boel. Rashi, which we mistakenly read prematurely earlier, let's read it now again. The bottom line: Ela soita shenivola la boel nesar bylaw haosra alav. Originally, uh, the woman's husband, by the fact, mere fact, she was married to the husband that prevents her from being with a paramour. So he was, the, the husband was the Oser. When the wife goes and, and goes uh, to the paramour, he's called the Boel, by her having intimacy with the Boel, that makes her Oser to the husband. And that makes her Oser in a definitive way to the husband. Uh, Without without any re- reference to the uh, base hamikdash and the drinking of the water procedure, that whole story with the drinking of the water is only in a case where there's an element of doubt. But where she had 
uh, actual intimacy, uh, witnessed intimacy with an, with another man, so that intimacy makes her positively prohibited to her husband. So the husband who originally was the Oser is now Ne'esar. The Gemara asks, Hi Isar Kalhu, do you realize what we just said? We're saying that a married woman that went off with another man, that's called the Isar Kal, a low-level offense. That's a low-level offense. Isar Chamurhu, the Ish. That's a severe offense. That's called adultery between a, uh, a married woman with another man. We continue at the top of Omid Bey's Elo Omar Rava Eishasishin here's the surprise of the day you know what the Iser Kal is? The ver- that very case the case of adultery that's called Iser Kal V'chein ki also Ravin on Rabbi Yochanan likewise when Ravin came he said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan Eishas Ish V'amai Kori Lo Iser Kal why is this uh hideous crime this uh, major uh, um, uh, offense of adultery why is it described as a light level uh, avera, light level sin answer she'ein ha'osra oiser kol yomov the osra means the one who asers her who asers the uh, the, the woman, the married woman from being with other men, of course it's her husband it is, it is so, however, that that husband does not impose restriction upon her all throughout his own life very simply if a man divorces his wife so the man's still alive that woman, at, as, a, as a divorcee she can now marry someone else However, as long as a man's wife is alive, the sister-in-law is forbidden. So that in, uh, in let's say, in, in respect, if you focus on this issue of uh, Isur, present, uh, the, the length or the longevity of the Isur with regard to the source of the prohibition, the case of Eishasish is a lower level issue. Because the Eishasish, she can actually become muteris in the lifetime of the original source of prohibition, namely her husband, if he divorces her. Whereas in the case, case of Achosisha, where the source of prohibition for, uh, regarding one's sister-in-law is one's own wife, as long as one's wife is alive, the sister-in-law can never be permitted. We continue in the Gemara. Tanya Nami Hochi. And now we have a Tanaic source that supports this analysis. Abuchonan Omar Mishum Rebbe Elozer. Eishes Ish. The Isur Kal that we described in our previous Brisa is in fact the case of a married woman. Uma Bemokoim Habo Al Isur Kal. She'ein Ha'oisra. Oisro kol yomov. Mind you, in a case of the low-level Isur that we're now terming Eishasish. And why is it called low-level Isur? As we described before, here you see it in a Tanaic source, and that's why we're quoting this. 
the Osra, the husband, he's the one that imposed original Isur on her, he does not Osra her, doesn't prohibit her all throughout his life, meaning in the case for, that he would divorce her, so she becomes uh, Muteris to other people. Ne'esar ha'oser, and yet, if the married woman, while she's married, has intimacy with another man, so the husband becomes Osir. So the source of Isser now himself becomes Osir. Habal Isser Chamur. One who has intimacy with a more uh, severe area of offense, namely Achosisha, one sister in law. Sheha Oisra, Oisra Kol Yomov, one's own wife prohibits the sister all throughout her lifetime. Enodin Shinesara Osra, all the more so because of this increased level of severity, all the more so one's wife should become prohibited. Prohibited to her husband through because of the intimacy that he has with her sister. So that's logic. Talmud Lomar Oisah. The Posuk comes and contradicts that logic and says Oisah Shivaso Sata. When it comes to one's wife becoming prohibited to her husband, it's only through her own wayward behavior where she has intimacy with some other man. The Ain Shivas Achoisah Osata. As opposed to the intimacy conducted by her sister. That will not asser her, the woman, the wife herself. And that's all encapsulated in the uh, limitation expression, osah. She, she alone, she herself, her own wayward behavior, the wife's own wayward behavior, creates the isser upon her to her husband, not her sister's wayward behavior. And we quote now from the Mishnah, from Sadi Dalaramabes, Rabbi Yossi Oimer, and we saw when we learned the Mishnah a rather vague or cryptic uh, teaching of Rabbi Yossi. And we, when we learned the Mishnah, we said that it will be dealt with by the Gemara. And so we've arrived at that point. The uh, full co- uh, comment of Rabbi Yossi, you can either look back in the Mishnah or you glance at the side where we've uh, written that quote. Uh, where Rabbi Yossi said, Let's first note our Nosei Mivne heading on the side of the Gemara. Triangles will appear. These are attempts to explain Rabbi Yossi's comment that he said in the Mishnah Now the Gemara My Ko'omar Rabbi Yossi What is Rabbi Yossi's intention? If you think that uh, Rabbi Yossi is reacting to the Tanakama, to the earlier opinion, who said, "The Ozal Ishto Vagiso Sayam, a man's wife and a man's brother-in-law went abroad, and the fellow heard that his wife and that his brother-in-law." died 
And then the man had relations with his wife's sister, who he assumed to be a widow now. And then they come back. Eishes Giso Asira, the sister-in-law is going to be usher to her husband. The Ishto Sharia, and man, the man's own wife, is Muteris. And in reaction to that, that the Tanakama said, the Komale Rabiosi, and Rabiosi said, Kihechi de Ishto Sharia, Eishes Giso Nami Sharia. Just like one's own wife is allowed, one's sister-in-law is allowed to her husband, to, your, to his brother-in-law. Well, if that is what Rabiosi was trying to say, in other words, Rabiosi was trying to be, we'll say, more lenient than the Tanakama, not only is one's own wife allowed, as the Tanakama agreed, but Rabiosi goes further and says one's sister-in-law is allowed to her husband, if that be the case, then the language is not accurate. First, the Gemara quotes what Reb Yossi actually said, and then what he should have said. That's an actual quote. However, it should have read, Anyone who doesn't experience uh, a, a prohibition regarding himself, Eino posel al yedei achirim miboyale doesn't cause Easter prohibition to others. That's what it should have said. If Rabbiosi, just we're going to repeat ourselves, if Rabbiosi has said just like one's wife is muteras to him, that would be incorporated in the phrase kol she'ein posel al yedei atzmoi. Here the emphasis on atzmo, just like one's own wife is allowed. He doesn't cause any prohibition regarding others. In other words, the fact that this husband had relations with his sister-in-law does not impose an iser on his brother-in-law. That's miboyale. That's what it should have said. That's what Rabbi should have said. Well, he didn't say that. Therefore, viela. So what's Rabbi point to the Tanakama? <coughs> Rather, kihechi. The Ashes Giso Asira, maybe, and what Rabiosi is trying to do is to try to be more restrictive than the Tanakama. Just like one's brother-in-law, brother-in-law's wife is usher to him, Ishto Nami Asira, so the fellow's own wife will be usher. Maybe that's what Rabiosi is trying to do. Uh, if you look to, well, let's look together at the Rashi that we'll see at the upper part of the page, the fourth line from the top. Since the marriage between the fellow and his sister-in-law were effective in rendering the uh, sister-in-law also to her husband, ahanu nami lios chashuva. That, let's go over that again. Just since the marriage between the fellow and his sister-in-law was considered a marriage enough to usher the sister-in-law on her husband, so that that sister-in-law then turns out to be viewed as the fellow's own wife, and his real wife is now 
his wife's sister. Of course, Midrabonam. <clears throat> so that one, and as a result of this, one's own wife would become Asura to him. So is, may, maybe that is what Rabbi Yossi is trying to say. So the Gemara goes on to say, well, That explanation will explain <clears throat> that part of Rabbi Yossi's phrase which read, and we have this of course on the side of the Gemara, you can see, So we have effectively explained the first part of Rabbi Yossi's statement. That any situation where the, uh, the man's intimacy causes prohibition on others, that causes prohibition then on himself. What about the continuation of Rabiosi's phrase? We continue in the Gemara. Kol she'eno posel mai avidite. What does Rabiosi mean when he refers to those situations that don't cause prohibition to others, don't cause prohibition to yourself? The Gemara continues, and here we have Rav Ami, and this takes a number of lines to develop, hence we used a long marking. Om Rabi Ami, a Reisha. So, we first glance at Rashi. Rashi says, Om Rabi Ami, hai kol she'eno posel, a Reisha koi. The second part of Rabiosi's phrase of his statement is a throwback to the earlier part of the Mishnah. The Airi, where the Mishnah was speaking, Bi'enoi Poisel Al where uh, no restriction takes place with regard to others. The Airi Liel, the Mishnah er, at, the, at that earlier point had been speaking, Beniseis Alpi Edim, a the Tanakama had spoken about a uh, a man who uh, let's say a woman that is a woman who got word that her husband was dead through the testimony of two witnesses and then the husband came back is that woman muter to her husband to her husband so we say yes we say Tate say she has to leave the new man to whom she married the he muteris the bailim she's muteris to her husband. The Kotani Seifa, and it said in the Seifa, Viachar Kach Boso Ishto Muteras Lachzolo. In the case where in the Seifa we saw uh, a man's wife went abroad and he thought that she was dead, and uh, in the meantime the man had intimacy with her sister. When the real wife comes back, the Mishnah said, he, the husband, is mutter to his wife. Lo yishno api edim she'omru lo meso ishtacha. No difference, no distinction is made whether it's a case of two witnesses that said originally your wife had died. Lachos ishto omru meis balech and to the sister-in-law information was given to her that her husband had died. The eishes in that case where in that case so the sister-in-law is allowed to go back to her husband the, this fellow's brother-in-law because her whole marriage was based on the testimony of two witnesses and a, there's no stronger uh, permitting factor than the testimony of two witnesses and they relied on that so that <clears throat> as far as the Tanakama is concerned one's own wife is Muteris whether the original Death information was through two witnesses. Loishna uh, pi nor 
are we going to distinguish that from the case of where the information came based on the testimony of one witness, and under those circumstances, the Aishas Giso Asura, the sister-in-law who agreed to marry this fellow, her brother-in-law, the, based on the testimony of one witness, and then the husband comes back, that results in her, the sister-in-law, becoming also to her husband. Under all circumstances, though, according to the Tanakhama, Ishto Sharia, one's own wife, who did nothing wrong, of course, she went abroad, uh, who, who did one's own wife, will be muteris to her husband. That's as far as the Tanakhama, and unto, unto that, Rabbi Yossi will be reacting. So now, uh, we should uh, we should point out, by the way, that uh, and uh, as far as the kol shepoisel phrase of Verbiosi, that we already explained. What we have to do, as we said before, we have to explain the kol she'eno posel, and that's what we go on now in the Gemara text. And the triangle around Rabami is our beginning point. Omar Rabami Aresha. The Reisha had said, the Reisha means the early part of the Mishnah had said the following, Nisei Salpi Beisdin, a woman who received word that her husband died, and she married a new man based on the court permission, because of the testimony of a singular witness, Teitzei Uftura Mina Korban. She is exempt, and she, uh, she, she leaves her second husband and is exempt from a sacrifice. In the past we've said that that's because she was relying on the court testimony. However, Alpi Adim, say if she married a second man based on the testimony of two witnesses, she also has to leave the new husband, the Chayeves B'Korban, and she has to bring a sacrifice. There she wasn't relying on a court ruling, and therefore she doesn't have the exemption of one who is reliant on court rulings. We see that there's a, an added strength that a court ruling has in order to exempt a person from bringing a sin offering. So that's what the Tanakama had said. And the Tanakama, regarding the case of a man's own wife who went abroad, with the brother-in-law, word got to them. Got, word got to the fellow who remained home that his wife and his brother-in-law died, and he then had intimacy with his sister-in-law. And the Tanakama says, "Lo shno alpi edim, the aishas giso sharia." If the original word of the uh, individual's death was through two witnesses, and when they come back, so the sister-in-law can go back to her husband. Lo shno alpi in or if the original uh, information was based on a singular witness, the Aishas Giso Asira, there one's sister-in-law having relied on a singular witness, and then her husband comes back, we know she's also to her husband. The Ka'omar Lei Rabiosi, and uh, we have to add though before we go on, that under either, case, in, under, in the, uh, under either circumstance, whether it's the Shnei Edim or it's the singular witness, one's own wife is Muteris. Uh, just uh, needless to say, she hadn't done anything wrong whatsoever. The Ka'omar lay Rabiosi, and Rabiosi 
in his uh, statement in the Mishnah was a reaction to the Tanakhama as follows Alpi based in where the uh, information had uh, been received because of the testimony of one witness in this situation I disagree with you the Tanakhama Alpi based in the Poisel Ayyadeachim where we saw that the sister-in-law became usher to the husband upon his return one's own wife will become usher to him to the fellow that remained behind in the case where the original information of death came through two witnesses where the sister-in-law is not rendered unfit to her husband there I will agree with you the Tanakamo that the man's own wife is not prohibited to him. So what we've done in the last section of Gemara is in addition to explaining Rabbi Yossi's opening statement of and that we saw in the second triangle on the page then we saw Rabbi Ami explain what Rabbi Yossi meant in his second part, in the second clause of Kol where no Isser comes about to others, and that was the case where the sister-in-law heard the, that her uh, husband had died because of two witnesses, then then when the, uh, when the brother-in-law comes back and the fellow's own wife comes back alive, we say there, just like one's own, just like the sister-in-law is muteris to go back to her husband, his own wife is allowed to be with her husband. We continue. Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha Omar L'Oilom Asefa And here we glance at Rashi. Uh, the Rashi we're looking at in, is in the middle of the uh, narrow lines. The Oilama Sefa, Kedinokat, the Ozil, Sidro de Masnisen. The second phrase of Rabiosi, namely, Kol, Shein Poisal de Achem, Eno Poisal de Atzmo, is not a throwback to information early in the Mishnah, but it's simply a continuation in the structure and flow of the Mishnah. Beniseis. Be'aid Echad. The focus is on information, the original information that came through the testimony of a singular witness. Umay Poisel, the Ain Poisel Ika. And so Rashi goes on to, let's say, introduce the Gemara. And it'll be to our benefit to go through the Rashi before learning the Gemara. What is uh, behind Rabiosi's statement if the focus of Rabiosi is on the issue of what is meant by Rabiosi's statements uh, and so now Rashi goes on one is a case where one's wife now wife in this context is in contrast to one's betrothed wife is a of the woman with whom one consummated their marriage. Not only did he offer her money, Kiddushin, but they also achieved Nisuin, a full-fledged marriage with uh, a, con- a consummated, intimate marriage. 
That's one scenario. And v'chado and the other clause of Rabbi Yossi refers to the ozil arusoso v'giso l'nesiam, where a fellow's betrothed went with uh, the fellow's brother-in-law overseas, went abroad. So the two phrases, the two clauses of Rabbi Yossi relate to those two circumstances. And information of death in both cases is a function of the testimony of a singular witness. Now, let's, what we do is we continue in the, uh, in the Gemara. Rabbi Yitzhak Nafchom, Alirul HaMasefa, Ha Azli Arusoso Vigisal, Ha Azli Ishto Vigisal. One is a, one clause of Rabbi Yossi is a reference to a man's betrothed, uh, going away with his brother-in-law. Another case of one's full-fledged wife going away uh, with one's brother-in-law. Information came back to, uh, came back to the fellow through a singular witness that they had died. And then, of course, later they come they, they, they themselves come back. The Kalmar Tanakama. First we present the Tanakama and then how Rabiosi reacts. The Tanakama says, Loishno Ishto Vigiso, Veloshno Arusoso Vigiso. No distinction between one's full fledged wife and brother in law versus one's betrothed and brother in law. Ashes Giso Asira Vishto Sharya. The Ashes Giso, that's in effect one's uh, wife's sister the wife of uh, what the Gemara calls the wife of his brother-in-law she is usher to her husband her uh, agreement to marry the fellow her, the, the fellow that stayed behind the, the, uh, her brother-in-law that was based on the testimony of one witness and we know that a woman who, who a married woman who marries someone else based on the testimony of one witness when the original husband comes back she is usher to her husband so, she's also to her husband. But one's own wife, she didn't do anything wrong. She had no intimacy with others. She is allowed. The Ka'omale Rabiosi. Rabiosi reacted to the Tanakama. In the case of one's consummated marriage, wife and brother in law, There, in the eyes of the public, there could be no uh, misconstruing of things. If people see uh, a man uh, who was fully married to a particular woman, and they see that man uh, then cohabiting with her sister. They're not going to start conjuring up a story that the original marriage was based on some type of condition that was never met. And hence he would be allowed to marry her sister. Because we're dealing with Nisuin. People do not make conditions regarding the consummation of marriages. 
Hence, it's very clear to the, in the eyes of the public that what had taken place was all based on a mistake. And when the original wife comes back, she, uh, she, is, uh, she goes to her husband. And as we said, there's no, um, there's no mistake. Now, what would the mistake be in the eyes of the public? Let's say there had been a condition. And this you can see in the, shortly in the Gemara, in a case of a betrothal, where the betrothal, after money, the money was given to a woman in marriage, uh, conditionally. And the condition was never met. Well, uh, she would be entitled to marry a second man because the original marriage conditions were never met. If uh, they see that woman returning to the original fellow, people will think that a that people in the eyes of the public, uh, people will think that a uh, woman is going back to a man that she shouldn't be going to. We'll see this again shortly as we go through the Gemara. But what we want to emphasize right now is that in the case of Ishto Vigiso, where there's no misconstruing in the eyes of the public, we say as follows, There's no basis for people thinking there was some type of condition. The uh, the uh, sister-in-law will not become rendered unfit to her husband. So, his own wife does not become usher to him. However, in the case of a sister in a, 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 a man's betrothed and brother-in-law going away, where there is room for thinking that the original Kiddushan was based on a tonight, something conditional. And as a result of that, Now this is a uh, case in point where we need the Rashi to fill in all of the details. And let's go right to the Rashi. As we said before, when you're dealing with a man who had a fully consummated marriage with his wife, people aren't going to think that that was, that, that was done based on some type of condition that eventually wasn't met. Everyone knows the Nisue Shniya Toisheng. The marriage with the sister-in-law was a mere mistake. The low People aren't going to come to think the following. Girsha Baila, the uh, brother-in-law, had divorced uh, his wife. Vinosa and then the fellow who remained behind, the brother-in-law that remained behind, married her. Because when you're dealing with a, uh, 
consummated marriage, even if the brother-in-law had divorced this man's wife's sister, the, this, this lady, the wife's sister, is prohibited to the man that remained behind. Umeida yadi, and people understand, people know, disadi atinu, that it was the witnesses that confused him. Namely, when the man that remained behind took the uh, took his his wife's sister, it was um, it was based on pure mistake. And and since those were the circumstances, Eno posel ayudei giso, the sister-in-law does not become prohibited to her husband. Kishar isho haniseis echad in contrast or unlike other women that uh, marry based on the testimony of a singular witness and the uh, husband comes back. To Hossam who in a case of other women that marry uh, that remarry based on the testimony of one witness there we the Ossi Lameymar people uh, and, and, and why we say she cannot go back to her original husband is because people will misconstrue things. To Osilamema, people will think, Giresh Zeh, that the uh, original husband had divorced her and she married a second man. And if, if she goes back to her first husband, it's in the eyes of the public a case of Machsir Kushosomishimiseis. The e machsir. This is what we just explained. And if the husband does take her back, Amri people will think zeh machsir gushaso minanisuin. Avol hachalo. But in the case of the sister-in-law situation, that is not something people are going to think. Hilkoch ein poisel nami al yedei atzmoi. In other words, the that whole scenario of people thinking that she was divorced, that the sister-in-law was divorced by her husband and the fellow that remained behind as a result of that then married her he wouldn't do that because that's called achos kushoso. she is the sister uh, she is a um, she is the sister of a of uh, of his wife that, that, let me just restate that, that Achos Isha is, remains prohibited even though she might have been divorced from her husband. So that the fellow that stayed behind wouldn't marry her other than if it was pure mistake. So that this uh, uh, idea of of Girej Zeh and the scenario arising wouldn't even begin. And therefore... Uh, she is allowed to go back to her husband, and therefore, the one's own wife is mutter to him. However, where the original marriage was not one of a consummation, but of a simple betrothal, there you can say that there was simply a, uh, a marriage based on condition. And the condition was not met. Savri inchi, people will think that the marriage with the wife's sister, in fact, was a full-fledged marriage. 
the Amri, and people will think, Girsha by law, the brother-in-law had divorced her, and the fellow that remained behind married her, and that marriage, in the eyes of the public, would have been legitimate. The Imi Shuma and if you'll think, well, how could he marry the sister-in-law? Isn't she also because of being a wife's sister? No. The first marriage was conditional. Philonis came, and those conditions were never met. The Ihadra Aishas Gisa Labaila, and if that sister-in-law then goes back to her husband, Amriinshi people will think Mutur Lahaksir Kushasomishinisais that it's allowed for a man to take back his wife after she was married to someone else. Hilkoch, who poisel ayadea chirim. Therefore, in a, in a case like that, where you're dealing with a with not a Nisuin, but only a Kedushin, and his marriage to the sister-in-law, in effect, will render her unfit to her husband, as we just explained. And since his marriage to the sister-in-law was effective in assuring her on her husband, Poisel Nami Ayade Atzmo. It, it has the effect of ushering his own wife on himself. And therefore, he cannot take back the Arusa. That is Rabiosi's point of view. That's his point of distinction. According to the Tanakama, the situation of a woman who married based on the testimony of one witness and we say that she's not allowed to go back to her husband in the eyes of the Tanakam it's not because of because of that consideration of creating of some of the public being misconstrued or, they, or, or a, a mistaken impression being created in the eyes of the public it's a fine levied against the woman herself because she didn't check out the situation clearly enough to establish her husband's death. Anyone who marries her, or whom she marries, Posal Law Akamo will render her unfit to the first husband. Let us now turn back to the Gemara. Omar Rabihuda Omar Shmuel. Halocha Kurabiosi. We glance at in the uh, Rashi. Halacha Kribyosi. Uh, Rashi on the, where we left off before, the fourth wide line. Kosalka Daitach, Akula Milsud Rabyosi Koy Shmuel. The thinking right now is that Shmuel is paskening with Rabyosi lock, stock, and barrel. The Omar, the high, the Mitzurah, Isha, Hanise, Spied Echod. Rabyosi, who we just learned had, had indicated that a woman becomes usher to her husband in a case of her marriage to a second man uh, as a result of the testimony of a singular witness is according to Rabiosi it was Mishum Shemo Yomru Giresh Zeh Venosa Zeh Fumasu Gushosu Mishinises the woman who had uh, why, we're, why we're not going to allow her to go back to her original husband is as we've said already a few times because in the eyes of the public people will think that, that, that her first husband divorced her she married a second man and she's going back to the first husband after being married to someone else in the interim that is forbidden 
And wherever one can uh, imagine a case like that, the woman becomes also to her husband. Even if she happens to be the sister of the uh, of the betrothed one. Because of that possibility of constructing a story like that, that the original marriage between the fellow that remained behind and his and his wife was conditional that enables this whole scenario to unfold where the brother-in-law divorced the sister-in-law and if the sister-in-law goes back to him after having been married to the brother-in-law that remained behind people will get this feeling of Shema Yomru Girejev and Osozev who Mishim says so now that is uh, that's part of what Rabbi Yossi had, had said and the thinking right now is that Shmuel is accepting that well we now have a question you'll notice there's a question that lasts a number of lines and as far as the topic heading for this section of Gemara we've, we've indicated under the Nosei Levayer to explain what did Shmuel mean when he said the halacha follows Rabbi Yossi so Maskif law Rav Yosef. Omi Omar Shmuel Hachi. Does Shmuel say really like that? Foy Itmar Yevoma. Now we're going to have a cryptic phrase, cryptic line of Gemara, and Rav Huna on the next line will explain this. Regarding Yevoma, Rav Omar Harehi Keishesish. Ushmuel Omar Eino Keishesish. According to Rav, she is like a married woman and according to Shmuel not so the Omar Ravuna and now Ravuna explains what the, the what was Ashes Ish that Rav made reference to Kagain she uh, you have a man Shekidesh Ochiv Eso Isha man's brother betrothed a woman the Holach Long and that brother went abroad Vishoma and the uh, the, the, the fellow that remained behind the man that remained behind heard Shemei Sochim heard that his brother died the Omad Venosa is Ishto he went ahead and married the widow and then of course uh, they come back the Rav Omar Harei he Kieshes Ish the Asura Layavam. She is like a uh, an Ashes Ish, a, a regular case of a married woman that uh, that has Nus and she's also to the Yavam. Ushmul Omar Eino Kieshes Ish. Visharyole. She's not viewed as an Ashes Ish and she is Muteris. Now, this is a little bit vague itself, so we take a look at Rashi, who explains. The Omar Ravuna. We're looking at Rashi, let's look at him together, the sixth wide line. Ravuna, my Ashes Ish to Omar Rav. Rav said that uh, a Yevoma was like Ashes Ish. Kigon Shikidesh Ochiv Isha, and we already explained the case of a man whose brother uh, betrothed a woman 
and he went abroad and the the man heard that his uh, brother died and he went and married the widow Shilmole Nosa Rishon if the uh, first man had not married her Travayu Modu everyone would agree Dimuteres Lachsor Lo Deleko Lemeimar Machsir Grushosa Hu if a man's brother had consummated a marriage, then uh, everyone would agree, uh, that is, Rav and Shmuel would agree, that she can go back to her original husband because of the uh, lack of foundation for people thinking that he had divorced her and the, uh, the brother had then married her and then he is uh, and that the original marriage had been conditional because once you're dealing with Nisuin a consummated marriage and the, that, that scenario of an original marriage being conditional falls away and since it was a given marriage, it was a complete marriage, the brother that remained behind would never have married his sister-in-law. That would have been uh, a, a, a violation known as Grushas Ochiv. However, the uh, Rashi goes on, Avol, Kidesh, if the original marriage between the brother-in-law and his wife had been uh, simply a level of Kiddushin, meaning a betrothal. In that case, uh, when news came in that the, the, the Oros died and she went ahead and married his brother and then the, the Oros comes back, people will get that whole feeling that the, original, that the brother that went abroad really divorced her and her return to him would be a problem. Vizu Nami Asura Larishon Shu Achshov Yevoma. In that case, Rav says that she, the woman, is also to go back to her original husband, who right now is in effect the Yevoma. The, how is that? The Amri Inshi, Harishon Tanohavelebekidushin. People think that the first fellow had a conditional betrothal, Veloniskayim. And since the original conditions weren't met, she was mutter to his brother, and the Achshav, and with her leaving, the Achshav Yoitsa Misheni Venosa Rishon, and with the with her departure from the second man, and are going back to the first husband, which we described him his being called the Yavama. And it then comes out that he's marrying his his uh, brother's wife uh, illegally. Now Shmuel in the Gemara had said Shmuel Omar ain't okay shesish. Rashi continues Shmuel Omar ain't okay shesish v'shario lo rishon the lo amri tano hafe. In that scenario where there was a uh, kiddushin and the uh, the uh, uh, 
husband uh, had, had gone away she married his brother uh, and then the original fellow comes back people uh, she's allowed to go back to the first husband people are not going to say that the first marriage was conditional enabling the uh, brother that remained behind to then marry her on the grounds that the conditions were never met people don't think like that it's unusual for marriages to be based on conditions people know that it was one big mistake a mistake created by witnesses Alma Lishmuel, you see, according to Shmuel, Lomaski Inshi Tanoadatayu. People do not think in those terms. Vigabi Arusoso Vigiso. Therefore, in the case of a uh, a man's Arusa and his brother in law having gone abroad, and the man then marrying her sister. Amai Omar Shmuel Halocha Kerebiosi. Why would Shmuel have paskined like Rebiosi the Mitzurah Eishes Gisaligiso that prohibits the sister-in-law from going back to her brother-in-law? That whole prohibition that was uh, was reported by Rebiosi was based on uh, this, the, this whole construction of people thinking that the uh, the, uh, the, that original marriage was conditional but you see that Shmuel doesn't think in those terms so how can Shmuel say that the halacha is like Rabbi Yossi now we go back to the Gemara Omar le Abaye now note that this is a response we have to deal with the following once again on the one hand Shmuel Paskind like Rabiosi. On the other hand, we see that Shmuel, in the case of a uh, of a man that was Makadish, uh, where, where uh, his uh, brother had Makadish a woman, and he went abroad, and that whole story that we saw, Shmuel says she is allowed to go back to her first husband. That is not like Rabiosi's psak, because Shmuel's allowing her to go back to the first husband is based on the idea that people don't factor in conditional marriages and Rabiosi had paskined what he paskined before in the case of the Arusos of Agiso based on uh, assuming that there were that there were con- that was a conditional marriage so Abaye answers now we have to take note again that we said the long answer and the diamonds that you see here are uh in effect, our responses to trying to understand what did Shmuel mean when he said Alokh Rabbiosi. So Amalei Abai Umimai Dechiyomar Shmuel Alokh Rabbiosi Ad Rabbitzok Nafcha Kamar. When Shmuel Paskin like Rabbiosi, who says that he is he is a comment based on Rabbitzok Nafcha's interpretation of Rabbiosi? Dilma Ad Rabbi Ami Kamar. It may very well be that. Uh, Shmuel's paskining like Rabbi Yossi was the way Rabbi Ami uh, had presented Rabbi Yossi. And in that presentation, there was no issue of factoring in uh, conditional marriages. And even if you say that 
Shmuel was accepting Rabbi Yitzhak Nafcha's interpretation of Rabbi Yossi, Mimai de a posel, Vidilmo a eno posel. Maybe all that Shmuel was uh, paskening like was Rabbi Yitzhak's Nafcha's presentation of Rabbi Yossi. Uh, the comment that Rabbi Yossi had made, Kol she'ein posal de'achem, eno posal de'atzmo. And without rehashing the entire Gemara, you simply have to uh, look back at Rabbi Yitzchok Nafcha, and you see uh, Rabbi Yitzchok Nafcha's presentation of Ishto Vigiso, and that's the circumstance under which Rabbi Yossi said, eno posal de'achem, eno posal de'atzmo. And, of course, with that, you are, again, uh, reissuing the, the matter of conditions, but since it was Ishto Agiso, there was no condition base, uh, built in, as we explained earlier, because that was a Nisuin. Ishto is a full-fledged marriage, and people don't make conditions with regard to Nisuin. So that it's legitimate for Shmuel to Paskin like Rabiosi, uh, but that's, re- that's with respect to Rabiosi's comment of Kol She'en Posel Dechem, Eino Posel but with regard to the other part of Rabbi Yossi, of Kol Shepoisal De'echerim, uh, which factored in a marriage based on condition, Shmuel himself doesn't hold by that, because Shmuel's approach to matters is people don't take into consideration conditional marriages. The Gemara continues at the top of Tzadi Vav Omer Aleph, Inami, uh, another approach to understanding Shmuel, Mimai the Esau Lidravuna. The uh, let's not forget that uh, Ravuna is the one that originally came in to uh, explain the circumstances behind the comments of Rav and Shmuel, uh, who is to say that we accept that. If you will recall. Uh, we have a little arrow to help you in recalling. Rav Huna had appeared uh, five lines from the bottom of Tzadi Heomit Beis. And this had come on the heels of the line just before where the, um, Shmuel had mentioned something about Yevoma. Rav saying she's like Eishasish and Shmuel saying she's not like Eishasish. And then the issue of the we'll say the machlokis between Rav and Shmuel was then based on Rav Huna's presentation of the case, and then that led us into the whole uh, explanation of, of conditional marriages and people thinking what they think, etc., and so forth. That whole approach was because Rav Huna set up the machlokis Rav and Shmuel the way he did, and then that created the seeming contradiction in the piske halocha of. Shmuel. So here the Gemara is saying, who says that we have to accept Rav Huna's presentation of the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel? Dilma Lesel Rav Huna Klau. Maybe we don't hold by Rav Huna's presentation at all. And as far as Rav and Shmuel are concerned, Ubi de Rav Hamnuna Komifligi. And when uh, Rav and Shmuel had an argument concerning Yavama. It has to do with Rav Hamnunah's din. What's Rav Hamnunah's din? The Amr of Hamnunah, Shemeris Yavam Shizinsa, Asura Liyavama. A woman who is awaiting a leverate marriage. And in the interim, she conducts harlotry with someone else. 
Rav Hamluna says she is forbidden from that point on of marrying the, her husband's surviving brother. The Rav Omar Harehi Keishis Ishu Mifsulo Biznus. Rav accepts Rav Hamluna's approach and says that a Yavoma waiting for her brother-in-law is viewed as if she were a as if she were married to him, and if she conducts harlotry, she is forbidden to him to the Yavam. Ushmuel Omar Eino Keishis Ish Velo Mifsulo Biznus. Shmuel says that a Yavama, while awaiting the Yavam, is not considered married to him. And if she conducts harlotry on the side before their marriage, she does not become rendered unfit to the Yavam. So that the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel uh, has, has nothing to do with the issue that Rabiosi had addressed before. So Shmuel can paskin like Rabiosi before making a distinction between uh, Ishto Vigiso versus Arusasa Vigiso. And as far as the Machlokis, Rav and Shmuel concerning Yevoma, it has to do with Rav Amnuna's din. A fourth approach, Vi'inami, another explanation, is Bekidushin Toivsin B'Yevoma Kamifligi. Does Kidushin, uh, okay, you have a Yevoma. A Yevoma is a woman who is awaiting a leverate marriage. Some outsider comes and offers her money in marriage does that take hold she's, again she's waiting for marriage with the Yavam some outsider offers her money in marriage does that take hold the Rav some outsider who offers a Yavama money in marriage it doesn't take hold she's, it's like offering a, a woman married to some other man going up to a married woman and trying to marry her. It doesn't take hold. And Shmuel said that the Yavoma is not like Eishasish, and money by an outsider offered to her while she's waiting for the Yavam, that does take hold. Question, But Rav and Shmuel have already argued about that in this very peric. Uh, and Rashi makes reference to that point so the Gemara answers it's not as if they are repeating themselves Chado Michlal Dechaverte Itmar the Machlokes was stated once uh, and the second point was simply a derivative of that which was originally stated